Hey, um, I just wanted to speak a bit about climate change in our own health and well-being. So just to, to most of us act out self-interest, which doesn't make us selfish. That's just kind of our survival mechanism. That's what happens. So it's not a bad thing. It just is a thing. It's just a human thing. Um, so if you think about this from your point of view, first of all, we, there's been a case recently in the news of a court finding that the air quality caused the death of a 12-year-old girl who lived in a city. And that's in the UK. So we know that air quality affects our health. And in that girl's case, took her life. Now, whether that's you or your children or your children's children, air quality, obviously we can't, you know, we know that the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere is going to increase, which basically is then, you know, slowly poisoning people. So physically we, we need clean air. We need clean waters. So we know that, again, that the water courses are being um, depleted in their nutrients because of the runoff from agriculture and pesticides and herbicides. And obviously those rivers run into the seas, but also those rivers go in, uh, you know, that all of that is part of the water cycle. So um, those pollutants then are in the system. So we know that, for example, male fertility is reducing because of the amount of estrogens in the water supply. And that's partly coming from um, contraceptive pill and HRT, but it's also largely, uh, to a large part, coming from plastics as well. Um, so again, it's it's in our best interest, you know, if we've got sons to look after their fertility, but also the quality of water. So if we don't have clean water to drink and we know there's so many places around the world where that's the case where you know people don't have clean water to drink then actually that's going to have a direct effect um, on our health soil you know soil health so i've got a compost heap in my garden um hopefully you have too you put that on the soil and you're basically regenerating nutrients you're putting your food waste onto the compost heap which then goes onto the soil which then feeds the soil which then gives you food um but if, again if you look at monocultural farming where those massive pieces of land are plowed and then having to be fertilized you know not only is that labor intensive but also it's depleting soil quality which is um depleting food nutrients and um, you can have a look at the research being done by Griffin at the moment on bricks testing for food nutrient density to see how, how that's happening. And so physically, um, you know, the, we, we're nothing without nature. It's where we get our food from. It's what the air we breathe. We're, so there is something in us, you know, for us right now, there's something in it for us to look after the environment and to make a behaviour change. And then if you think about our, um society so we already have seen immigration and migration and the impacts in calais of um the big camps where people have migrated and that's only going to increase if people in more vulnerable areas are flooded or there's drought in the, they're going to do what you would do they're going to move to find somewhere where they can live better or where they can provide food for their kids and so that mass migration will of course have impacts for everybody not only will it uproot whole populations 
but those populations will have to go somewhere. And then, um, you know, we've seen the impacts of some migration. It will be nothing like that. There will be much more migration, and which will cause political tensions, which will cause, you know, who knows what, but social instability. And actually, these people don't want to leave their homeland. That's their home. I wouldn't want to leave my homeland. This is my home. And so, again, you know, coming back to us, if we want to maintain the way that we live, we've got to shift our behaviour so that people can stay where they live. So we've got to um, stop buying products with parboil in them so that forests aren't being deforested, so that people can actually live there. And we've got to, um, you know, buy products that are grown by local producers and food cooperatives in those areas. And they might be a bit more expensive, but if that means that those people can then continue to live in that area, then that's good for you too. And then the mental health aspect of this. So we've seen during COVID the massive rise in anxiety and mental health issues. And um, we know that just being outside in nature improves mental health. So the work of Louvre and um, Last Child in the Woods talks about the importance of nature. And there's lots and lots of research studies. Um, there's forest bathing happens in Japan to improve well-being and health. So we know that mental health is better for actually being in contact with nature. Um, but we also know that we've seen during the pandemic that we don't, our body doesn't respond well to threat. And so the pandemic we've seen, um, obviously COVID's been a threat and because it's an invisible threat, some people, their nervous systems have been in a state of heightened awareness for quite a long time and that's exhausting. People have felt exhausted, felt tired. Um, and so, you know, climate change is a threat. And even if we're in denial about it and not talking and thinking about it, your nervous system will be picking up information from news outlets and from places. So we're, we're aware of it. Now, the work of um, Gabor Mate and Bessel van der Kolk on trauma show that we experience kind of threat in our body, not necessarily in our mind, but obviously our body has a, an impact. It produces cortisol. We're very stressed. And one of the pieces of research which really stood out for me was that people that saw 9-11, the Twin Towers, those people who could activate and do something in that moment to help other people or to make themselves safer, so people that could run away, suffered from much, much less post-traumatic shocks than people who were maybe stuck in cars in jams and couldn't move away or who were in other office buildings and were just watching and couldn't move away. They And it was that sense of being trapped and unable to do anything which actually caused um, the post-trauma. And so what does that mean for climate change? It means that there is a threat. We know there's a threat. Our body will be responding to that even if our brain isn't acknowledging it and that that will lead to increased cortisol levels which can lead to heart disease can lead to stress also you know anxiety depression those sorts of things which we're seeing such a rise of and so but we also know that doing small things that make you feel like you're making a contribution help because it makes you active. It gets you using that adrenaline 
to do something useful. So whether that's digging your garden or working on a community allotment or whether it's talking to people about what you can do to change behaviour, um, who you can influence, what you can control. So have a look at some of the other videos. All of those things are good for your mental health and well-being. And of course, finally, you know, if we look at community, community gardens, community food sharing, community libraries, places like Findhorn in Scotland, they have a community objects library where you can borrow a lawnmower, where you can borrow a food mixer, the sorts of things that you might only use once a week, if that, rather than people individually owning those things, they have a library where you book one out. Um, Froome is another place where they have food fridges where you um, can put Actually, if you've made too much of something, you can put it in the food fridge. Um, there's an amazing thing here in where I live called Osnosh, where they take food from the supermarkets who are throwing stuff away and then they recycle that food and, and share it out to families who, who need it. And these are all community things. So not only are they recycling, regenerating, but they're building community, building communication, building contact, which means our kids are safer, you know, if, if you know who's in your community, your kids um, are held within that community. It means that our elders are not lonely. It means that our own well-being, we're getting that physical, you know, just being able to kind of um, kind of be in physical proximity to other people to see them if we're um, bringing something to the food fridge or if we're we're actually seeing people live not just on screens not just on the radio not just on the tv we're actually meeting people and we know again that's really good for well-being we know that people in old people's homes um, do much better if they're actively involved in the community um, and so on all levels I hope you can see that actually doing starting to think about what you can do differently to benefit the planet also immensely benefits you and your children so have a think have a talk share the video have a conversation okay bye